Good morning, broadcasting from Miami, from the home of Eli Ruimi. We continue this year in Likud HaLochas, Yoridea Chelakalis, Hilchas Avedas Elilim, Halacha Gimel, Paragraph Yud. We dedicate the learning, Liwi Nishmas, Tuvia Brabisrol Yitzchok, Yerachmiel Daniel Ben Gedalia, and Rosa Basi Tamar, and for a complete or a full for all those that need it, including Ruth Alexandra Esther Chaya Bas, Luna Patricia Mazelbat Zahava, Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Yuspendel Basgitalea, Sorochel Bas Yuspendel, Abivana Bas Yuspendel, Soralea Bas Chavalipa, Shimon Zvulun Ben Soralea, Eitan Yoel Ben Edna, Tuvietzi Ben Chaya Liza, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rochel, and based on what we're learning till now, we'll be able to understand the whole new insight regarding conducting business, which is called Masa Umatan. The Torah warns us to be very, very careful to do business in a trustworthy manner. Not to damage the money in which is found these divine lights, these divine colors. When a person conducts business in a trustworthy way and with real emuna and Hashem, then there's incredibly great benefit. Because through the business which two people conduct with each other, with their monies, as a result of this, these divine lights shine from Ruvain into Shimon and from Shimon into Ruvain. And this is one of the main intentions as to why Hashem designed the world in such a way, people conducting business with each other. Whereby Hashem works out circumstances that these two people should conduct business with each other. All of this is in order to refine and perfect the holy sparks that are found in money, kayodua, as is known. Meaning that the lights should shine from one into the other. And this is what allows the holy sparks that are found in the money to be elevated. Because when we use the terminology, holy sparks that are found in money or in other things, those are the divine lights that are found in it. As Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in chapter 56 on Kutimran. Ayin Shom, take a look there. And this is why the Torah warns us 
If you will sell something to your friend, or you'll buy something from your friend, and the Gemara elaborates on this, saying, As Rashi quotes the Gemara, saying, that from this Pasuk we see that the Torah wants us to sell to our friend, to buy from our friend, meaning specifically from a Jew, that whenever there is an opportunity to do business with a Jew, to sell or buy from or to a Jew, that's what we should be doing. Specifically with a Jew who is our friend. So that the lights that are found in the money should shine from one to the other. And they should be brought together, these two people. And these will shine and light into these and back. And this is one of the main revelations of the greatness of Hashem. And this breaks, this helps break the medame, the imagination, the fantasy, the falseness, the Yetzirah. And we rise up to Sechel, and we also go above the concept of time. And this is why the Pasuk says in that area, in Parshas Bahara, that two Jews are not allowed to fool each other in any way in business. In order not to damage in any way those divine lights that are found in Jewish money. And this will also explain why the Torah connects the mitzvah of conducting business in a trustworthy way and not to fool another person in an illegal type of way, the Torah connects it to Yoivel, the Jubilee year, the 50th year. As you'll see, the Torah writes this in Parshas Bahar towards the end of Chumash Vayikro. The portion in the Torah where it speaks about selling something to your friend, is written right next to the discussion about the Yoivel, the jubilee, jubilee year, when any purchases or acquisitions that were made prior to that, on, on the Yoivel, a servant that was purchased or something like that goes back to his original owner, or a field, or the parasha zois biatzma, tolo isroi no biyoivel. And even in the portion in the Torah itself, where it speaks about conducting business in a faithful way, it attaches it to not fooling another Jew regarding the Yoivel. As it says there, 
one Jew is not allowed to fool his fellow Jew. When you are acquiring something from another Jew, when you're acquiring property or a servant from another Jew, you must take into consideration how many years are left till the Yoivel, till the Jubilee year. Because the main forbiddenness whereby the Torah says a Jew is not allowed to fool their fellow Jew, which means performing a, 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 a wrong type of act in business, damaging those heavenly lights and the money, is about being playing in the Yoivel, in the, in, the, in the 50th year. Ki Yoivel hu bechinas bina almadasi. Because the Sifrei Kabbalah tell us Yoivel, the 50th year, corresponds to bina, which is associated with the future world. We know that there are 50 gates of bina, 50 levels of bina, of understanding. And we know that when we speak about our world, the world that we live in, it's associated with the seven lower midas of Hashem, chesed through malchus, which correspond to the seven days of creation, to the seven days of the week. So our world, this, the physical world, is referred to as the seven lower midas. The moment we go above those seven, above chesed, we get to bina, that's already referred to referred to as going into the next world, Oilam Haba. Shehu Kayadua. And we know that the next world, Oilam Haba, Bina, is above the concept of time. Vialkane Mikro Yoivel Oilam. And this is why the 50th year is referred to in the Torah as forever. As the Pesach says, that when you acquire a servant, a non-Jewish servant, he will work for you forever. And the Gemara says, it means until the 50th year. Because the 50th year, Bina, is above the concept of time. Shehu bechinas oilam nitzchi. That's the term eternally, forever. And this also explains why the main significance and the main holiness of that 50th year, that Jubilee year, is on Yom Kippur. That's when they blow the shofar, declaring that year the 50th year and all the laws regarding it. Because Yom Kippur, which is the day of tshuva, is above the concept of time. As Rabbi Nezal writes clearly in Sefer Hamidos, which is called Sefer Ho'alabes, in the chapter on tshuva, Rabbi Nezal writes there that the day on which a person does tshuva is above the concept of time. And it's from there 
from the 50th year, which is above the concept of time, from Bina, that's where time is created. Ki ikr hisavus hazman v'chiyusai humibichinas l'malamiyazman. Because the whole existence of time and the creation of time and, and its source of life comes from above the concept of time. Shehu Hashem Yisbara, which is Hashem, Shebore Sazman, who created time, Umechaya Umechaya Moisoi, Biret Sinai, Kol Yemei Kiyum Holam And Hashem sustains and infuses life into this world, into time, according to His will, so long as He wants this world to exist. Vezehu Shedikdiko Atoira, and this is why the Torah is very specific in saying, that a Jew is not allowed to fool or trick his fellow Jew. When you're purchasing, when you're purchasing land or a servant, keep in mind the calculation from Yoivel, according to the Jubilee year. And based on how close it is to the Jubilee year, that's how much you should be paying. Because once Yoivel comes, the slave goes free. Once Yoivel comes, the field that you bought returns to its original owner in certain cases. What this tells us is that all purchases and sales and all business that's being conducted in this world is all related to the number of years from Yoivel. Hainu bebechinas hazman, bebechinas bemisparshon, meaning it's related to time. There's a time factor, the number of years. Shebe'emes hurak achar hayoivel. And this concept of time only begins after Yoivel. After you leave the sphere of Bina, you go down to the sphere of Chesed. Because Yoivel is above the concept of time. Because it's after the 50th year, which means after Bina Olam Haba, when you drop down to the next level, that's where time begins, the number of years. As we find the seven days of creation, the seven spheroids are, are, are go from chesed to malchus. And the whole purpose behind all business that's being conducted is to activate those lights in the money. To reveal the greatness of Hashem. To weaken and lessen and defeat the Medame. And to rise up to Seichel. This Seichel, this Keser Chochmabina, is above the concept of time. That concept of the 50th year. And this is why 
the Torah requires us to, con- to buy and sell and conduct business in an honest, trustworthy manner. That Jews are not allowed to fool each other and trick each other and overcharge someone. In order not to damage those divine lights. Which is related to the number of years after the Yoivel. Meaning that a person will not be able to rise up and plug into that yoivel, that concept of going above the concept of time, as a result of the medame in the money being powerful. And we know that the forces of medame become strengthened when we do the wrong things with money. When we don't conduct business in a faithful, honest manner. And this is what the Pasuk means when it says, do not fool each other. And, and when you purchase or sell, it should be based on the number of years after the Yovel year. And this will also explain the basic concept of the Shemitah year or the Yovel year, during those periods, all fields are declared ownerless. Anyone is allowed to go into someone else's field and pick fruit, etc. And as a result of this, all Jews become friends, partners with each other. Because the Shemitah year, the Yovel year, are above the concept of time. And we're zeichet to rise to this level above the concept of time by, by freeing, by removing our ownership from our possessions and merging together with each other. This causes those lights in our wealth to shine which is what enables us to plug into that level above the concept of time. Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu in the beginning of Parshas Kisiso, when you will want to count the Jewish people, each and every person will give a coin, a half shekel, by which you're gonna, which is a, a kapara for their soul, in an order that you'll count, you won't count Jews, you'll count the number of matzis shekels. But the wording in the Pasuk is kisisa es roish ben Israel, when you will elevate the heads of the Jewish people. Dahainu shkolim lekarbonis tzibur. This referred to a form of charity. Those shkolim were donated to the Mishkan, to the Beis Hamikdash, in order to purchase public sacrifices. 
the korban tomid, which was brought twice a day. Ki because as Rabbeinazal explains in chapter 25 on the Kutimran, which this halacha is based on, and as we discussed in the beginning of this halacha, korbono, it's the act of sacrificing an animal, is an act of being machnia, breaking the medame, because the medame is associated with animals, meaning a lower form of seichel than a human being. Seichel, regular seichel, is called Odom, human. We know that it's brought that three times Yud K is Bigimatria Odom. The letters Yud and He of Hashem's name Yud K Vav K represent Chachma and Bina, or Keser Chachma and Bina. And therefore, three times those letters corresponding to those three upper spheroids is Bigimatria Odom. Odom is the Sechel, whereas Behema is a lower level seichel. Behema is referred to as medame. Animals can make comparisons. The concept of Pavlov's theory, where if an animal knows that it went to a certain place, it got hurt. When it when when it's offered to go to that place again, it won't go. Or when an animal gets used to when a certain bell is rung, that's feeding time. It'll know, it'll have that level of knowledge. It hears that bell, it knows to come for a feeding. And through these shkolim, these coins, which the Jews donated, with which to purchase korbonois, which means this is a form of stoka, charity. This causes those lights in the money to shine and glow. And it defeats the medame, as we learned previously. And as a result of this, Rabbeinazal writes over there towards the end of that chapter, that this is the concept of haromo, each Jew elevating the other Jew. That when Jews are pictured as beings on, on rungs of a ladder, one above the other, and whenever one Jew wants to go up, all the other Jews have to move with him. This is what the Pasuk is alluding to when it says, when you want to lift up the head of a Jew, to elevate each and every single Jew to his proper position, to his proper level. And this is really the, the concept behind counting the Jews. Counting the Jews by each Jew donating this portion of the shekel. So that by doing this, the Jews are merging together with each other and shining light into each other. Thereby assisting each and every single Jew to rise up and be elevated to their proper level. And therefore, in order to enable this, each and every Jew has to give charity, these machtes which were donated in order to purchase these public sacrifices, 
This allows that light, those lights in the money to shine and to defeat the Medame. And through this, each and every single person elevates their fellow Jew, as Rabbein Zal writes at the end of that Torah in the Kutimran. And this is why this procedure had to be done each and every year in order to perfect and, and correct the time. We know that the major unit of time is a year. As the Pasuk says there that we quoted earlier, the number of years from Yoivel or to Yoivel. We want to take those years, the time, and elevate it and plug it into that level of above the concept of time. Paragraph Yud Gimel, which is just one line. And this is why there's a portion in the Torah in Parshas Mishpatim which speaks about a Jew lending money to a fellow Jew. And we read that on Chalamoyed Pesach. So Rav Nosanzal says, now we understand why we read that on Chalamoyed Pesach, Shehu Yitzias Mitzrayim, when we're celebrating coming out of Egypt, Hainu Kanal, and we saw towards the beginning of this halacha that Egypt, Paroi, is referred to as Medana, the opposite the non-Jewish nations versus the Jewish people, which are referred to as Seichel. Any questions, please? The term, the question, how, how is it that animals have medame? The fact that they can remember when and how they're fed is pragmatic thinking, not imagination. In English, we can use that technical terminology, pragmatic thinking. But the concept of being able to remember, simply remember that, that a certain noise is associated with a certain activity, that's a form of seichel that's referred to as medame in, in Lashon Kodesh. That's a concept of association. Medame means to compare, means to compare, to compare, to imitate, to mimic. So a person compares associates a certain thing with something else or an animal that that and again the concept of the the lower level seichel that an animal can be taught to do certain things to perform certain activities that lower level seichel of an animal compared to the intellect of a true a truly intelligent human being that's referred to as medana just like when we talk about the base desires inside of a human being, that's also called the medame inside of the person. Things A person has a desire that we, people talk about going on a seafood diet. I see food and I have to eat it. That's a lower form of seichel than a person who's intelligent enough to know I ate two, three hours ago. I'm not hungry now. Just because the food is put in front of me, just because I smell it, doesn't mean I have to eat it. This concept of a higher level seichel and a lower level seichel, that's referred to as Bahamias, the animal inside of us that doesn't think deeply enough like a human being. 
Shuv. Now Rav Nosnazal is going to open up a discussion explaining the holiday of Purim and showing how the holiday of Purim fits in beautifully with everything we've been learning in this halacha based on chapter 25 in Likutim Aram. Paragraph Yudalid, V'zeh Bechinas Purim, Ki homon amolek hu bechinas mono deloishavya lechabolakam hanal. If you recall, way in the beginning of this halacha, we quoted the opening line in that chapter on the Kutimran, where it speaks about a, a debate between Rabbi Yeshua ben Hanania and the wise men of Athens. And they asked him, could you show us a keli, some, an object that's not worth the destruction that it causes? And he said, sure. And he brought a mattress and the mattress was too wide to go through the doorway, to pass it through the doorway. So he said, bring an axe and we'll chop down the whole doorway so we'll be able to put the, bring the mattress through it. That's an example of mono de explains over there, and we could run that what this represents is the powerful klipa, the powerful force of Tumah that spreads itself out on each and every single level when a Jew wants to climb from one level to another. A person's on a certain level, they succeeded in defeating the klipas on that level, and now they're ready to go up to the next level, and oh no, there's klipas over there also. Where did they come from? Each and every single level has the klipas that surround it. Then in order for a Jew to attain that new level, they have to engage those klipas in battle and be able to defeat them. So Rav Nosanzal writes now, Homon Amolek is this, this klipa, this, this klipa. Ki reishis goyim Amolek, because the Torah tells us Amolek is the leader of all nations. Amolek is the top, and he's also a composite of all the other nations. And what this also refers to is all the forces of Tuma and all of the Demionis that come from Koyach Hamedana. And Amolik is this main force of Tumah, this main klipa that spreads itself out in every level. Rabbi Nizal speaks about the klipa coming before the fruit, that before you want to eat a fruit, you have to first address the peel, which is surrounding the fruit, and be able to peel it off, remove it. And because Amolek represents this Koyach Hamedame, we learn throughout this halacha that the way that we defeat the Koyach Hamedame is through Tzedakah, because Tzedakah is what reveals and amplifies those lights that are in the money, and that chases away the klipas. 
וזה שאומר רבי סינוס על הפוסק ועשרה סלופים כיכר כסף אשכולים. offered Achashverosh 10,000 kikar, golden kikars, for the, for the rights to destroy the Jewish people. The Medrash says, The one who created the world, Hashem, knew very, very well that Haman is going to come up with this plan, that he's going to have this great wealth, and he's going to want to offer this wealth To, to fill the coffers of Ahasuerus, the treasury of Ahasuerus, to permit him, in order to permit him to destroy the Jewish nation. And therefore, Hashem gave the Jewish people the mitzvah of Machzis HaShekel, which is performed on Rosh Chodesh Ador, before Purim, two weeks before Purim, in order that our shkolem, our charity, preempts Haman's offer, Haman's bribe. Because these shkolen, these machzis hashekels that were donated are a form of charity to be used to purchase these, these public sacrifices. And as we're learning throughout this halacha, this mitzvah of tzedakah, this mitzvah of offering sacrifices is what defeats the Medame, the Homon. And this is why Homon said to there is one nation referring to the Jews. And our rabbis expound on this Pasuk, that by Homon using this term, He was implying that the Jewish people are yoshen, they're asleep, they've fallen asleep. Because as we learned earlier, the main time when medame takes over a person is when the person is sleeping. Regular sleep or a deep sleep, that's when the person dreams. Dreams is a form of medame. Sheoz his gabrus hamedame. And that's where time is most powerful in Medame, when a person is dreaming, like we learned earlier. A person could take a nap for five minutes, ten minutes, and they wake up and they say, wow, I just had a dream. I went through my whole life. I went through 20 years in the dream. In the dream, it felt like 20 years. In real life, it was five or ten minutes. And therefore, when Haman was describing the Jewish people in exile, after having been in exile for 70 years, he described us as asleep, which is this concept of the Medame taking over, when a person's true intellect leaves. And this is what gave Haman the confidence that now he has the opportunity to defeat the Jewish people. Because the Babylonian exile, which was coming to an end at that time, 70 years, and 
all the exiles of the Jewish people are compared to sleep. As the Pasuk says, When Hashem returned us, took us out of exile, and brought us back to Israel, back to Yerushalayim, we, we, it felt like we were dreaming. So we see that Golos is referred to as dream. There's a Pasuk, Lochem Golo Ami Mibli Das. My nation went into exile from lack of Das. Golos is lack of Das. Golos is Madame. As our rabbis tell us. And this will explain why we see in Megillah Sester that how did the miracle of Purim begin? By Achashverosh not being able to sleep. On that night, the sleep of the king was disturbed. He couldn't sleep. What do we care about Achashverosh, whether he can sleep or can't sleep? The answer is because it's about this battle between Medame and Seichel. The Alkein Maschelas HaMegillah L'saper Toikif Hanes Me'oitzim G'dulosu Shel Hashverosh. And this explains also why Megillah Sester, which is all about describing and proclaiming the miracle of Purim, begins by first describing the fabulous wealth of Achashverosh. Kamashukosu, as the Pazik says, that Achashverosh was making a display of his incredible royal wealth. And the beauty of the different colors of his greatness. The Megillah lists all the beautiful colors in the tapestry and everything that Achashverosh had at this banquet. By the Megillah telling us this, it's, it's revealing to us the incredible miracle of bringing about the downfall of Homon Amolek, which Hashem performs with us and for us in every single generation. Every single year when we read Megillah Sester, there is this battle between the Medama and the Seichel, and through the observance of the holiday of Purim, where Zoycha that the Seichel defeats the Medama. Because the, the main defeat of this power of Medama, which fights us and battles us on every single level, and another term for this medame is the way that we bring about the defeat of this the defeat of is through holy wealth which was to turn our money and wealth into holiness through the mitzvah of tzedaka, and to acquire wealth to take wealth out of the possession of the non-Jews and have it transferred into the possession of the Jewish people. That's what reveals the lights in money. Which is 
the revelation of the greatness of Hashem. And during the time of Achashverosh, the evil kingdom became so powerful to the point where they had, they're the ones who had all of this wealth. And all of these divine lights were hidden by them, by the Goyim, by Achashverosh. And this is why the Megillah describes the many colors that, that were prevalent at that banquet that Achashverosh made and the fabulous wealth that, that he possessed. To the point where the Gemara tells us that the floor, the stone floor in, in Achashverosh's banquet hall was not marble or something. It was precious stones, sapphires, rubies, a combination of many different colors. As the Pesach says there, the people ate and reclined on beds made out of gold and silver, laid out on a floor of Bahat Vosheish, these different super expensive stones and colors. And this is what gave them tremendous power over the Jewish people. Because this is a known fact. That Hashem made Kedusha and Tuma, the Jews and the non Jews, opposite each other. And just like when Jews possess holy wealth, that gives us the power to overcome the Medameh. So, too, in the opposite manner. When the forces of the Sitrachra, the other side, become powerful and they succeed in drawing all the wealth and all the colors to themselves, then these non-Jews become very powerful as a result of this major wealth that they've, they've acquired. And this is really the definition of, of the bitter exile that we're going through today. Where all of the wealth and all of the greatness is by the non-Jews. The majority, even though they, we know there are wealthy Jews, millionaires, billionaires, no comparison. If you look in Forbes magazine, the richest people in the world, the vast majority are still non-Jews if there's any Jew that, that gets into that category. And they seem to be the ones that, that are the leading powers in the world. The United States, Russia, China, North Korea, they seem to be and, and it's through this wealth and everything that they become very powerful. 
However, the truth really is, all of this power and wealth is temporary. However, in the end, this wealth that they have acquired ends up bringing about their defeat. The Bechinas, as the Pasuk says in Kohelis, there's a wealth that's reserved and designated for the one who acquires it to harm that person, to bury that person. Because these divine colors that are found and lights that are found in money cannot shine properly when the money is, is imprisoned by the Goyim, by the Rishoyim. And it's these divine lights in the money itself, the money that's found by the Goyim, that battle the Goyim and overpower them and defeat them. And succeed in extracting from the Sitrachra all the holy sparks that the Sitrachra had swallowed previously. This is also what the Pasuk in Kohelis means when it says there's a certain time when one person seems to be ruling over another person but it's really to their detriment. This person who looks like they're ruling and everything, that's going to be the, 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 what's going to lead to their complete downfall and defeat. This is what the Pasuk also means when it describes the coming of Moshiach. And it says, Hashem says, I'll replace your copper with gold. And I'll replace your steel with silver, the hulu, etc. Meaning there's going to be incredible wealth. Because the wealth which these non-Jews acquire today from the Jewish people, as a result of all the taxation, the excessive taxation, that these non-Jewish kings would impose on the Jewish people, this money itself, which they take away from the Jewish people, this money will take revenge from them, and will overpower them, will defeat them, and will help remove from these non-Jews all of this wealth, or or not just the tax monies, but all the fabulous wealth that they've acquired. And Rabbeinazal also hints to this in chapter 25 when we put him on, this chapter that we're learning about. Rabbeinazal there quotes the Gemara in Baba Basra, which says, that the taxes and, and fines that the non-Jews impose on the Jewish people, this plays an, an, an important leading role in their defeat, in the defeat of these nations.
because Rabbein Zal explains over there that all of these taxes that the non-Jews impose on the Jewish people and collect from the Jewish people, to us, it gets registered on our record, our heavenly record, as a form of charity. As the Pasuk says, your oppressors, charity. When they oppress us, that to us gets, gets we get credited for charity. The money that we have to give away for them, it's like we would have given it to charity. And that also brings forth, reveals the lights and the money. Take a look over there in Likud Imran where Rabbi Nizal mentions this as one of the forms of tzedakah. Nemtza, we conclude therefore, that through these taxes which they collect from us, this results in revealing those those lights by the And when those lights are revealed, that's what brings about their downfall. Because the non-Jewish nations are attached to and associated with medame. Shahu which is the animal aspect of, a, of us. Because the non-Jews are compared to animals. When Avram Avinu said to Yishmoel, you remain here with the donkey, and Yitzchak and I will continue from here. The Gemara says, Im Im is spelled Ayinem, just like the word Am, a nation, a nation of donkeys. And when the Medame is defeated through those heavenly lights that are revealed in the money that these non-Jews collect from us as taxes, then all of these Avoidazoras, all of these nations that are going have a downfall. These nations that are attached to this Koyach HaMedame. And therefore, during the time of Hashverosh, the main downfall of the enemies of the Jews came about as a result of the incredible gaiva that Hashverosh and Haman had. They showed off and they, they displayed tremendous pride. And put on display all of the fabulous wealth that he had. And the Gemara tells us that Ahasuerus took the garments of the Queen Godel and dressed himself in it. Which is the most beautiful lights that Cloud Yisrael possess, in a sense, Bechinas Big Day Yesha, as Rabbi Nezal writes over there in that chapter, he quotes the Pasuk in the Navi, which speaks about garments of beauty. They wanted to damage these holy garments. 
And as a result of this, the Satan, the angel of death, jumped among them, among Achashverosh and his party, the Hizgarebohem, and he awakened that killer desire inside of them, so that Haman and Achashverosh collaborated on murdering Vashti. And this eventually led to the downfall of Haman Amolek. How? Vashti was killed. She had to be replaced. By Esther Hamalka, this great Sadekis, being brought into the palace to replace Vashti. He calls All of this is an example of what the Pasuk says in Kohelis, a special time when one person is ruling over another person to their own detriment. Shall you, to the detriment of the ruler. Shall you, as a result of Haman Hashverish rising up to such a high level against the Jewish people, and the main thing that they tried to rise up against us is by taking away Jewish money and by, by trying to overpower the Jewish wealth, in which is found these beautiful colors, these beautiful lights, then these divine lights, which cannot shine when the money is in the possession of the non-Jews, these divine lights are in exile. They're very, very hidden and covered up when the money is in the possession of these non-Jews. They they become powerful. And the, the money itself gathers up and refines all the holy sparks that the Sitrachra had swallowed till then. And removes the life from the Sitrachra. So that the Sitrachra ends up experiencing a major downfall through this process, this process that began by them imposing taxes on the Jews and taking away Jewish money and acquiring tremendous wealth, and this great wealth and everything ends up defeating them completely. We'll just start the next paragraph. And therefore, at the end, towards the end of the Megillah, when Haman is defeated and all the enemies of the Jews are defeated, and that the Megillah speaks about the greatness of Mordechai. It says, Mordechai Atzadik went forth from the king. Mordechai was dressed in royalty, blue wool and, and, and a crown of gold. What the Torah is telling us, what the Megillah is telling us is, these are the beautiful, beautiful lights and colors that returned to the to holiness, returned to the Jewish people. 
that the tzaddik Mordechai was zoichet to all of these divine lights, shahim b'chinas big day yesha, which are referred to as garments of beauty, shezeu b'chinas levush malchus tcheles v'chur etc. etc. And this is what resulted in the major salvation that Klal Yisrael experienced at that time. As a result of those divine lights once again being revealed and glowing with holiness when it was in the possession of Mordechai Atzadik. And this is also why it writes there. We'll just do a little bit more quickly. That Haman told all of his family members the fabulous wealth that he had. He told them that he's very wealthy. And Haman thought that those divine lights in the money were totally conquered when it was in his possession. And therefore, the side of holiness, Mordechai Atzadik and the Jews cannot defeat him. That's what he thought. And things got turned around completely from one extreme to the other. That all of that wealth of Haman ended up being returned, and all of those divine lights were given over to Mordechai at Sadek. As the Pesach says, Vatosem Esther es Mordechai al Beis Haman. That Esther appointed Mordechai at Sadek over the house of Haman. Mordechai received all the wealth of Haman. And then the wealth was returned and restored to its place in holiness. Those divine lights, which is the greatness of Hashem, were revealed. And this is what enabled us to defeat these Amalekim, Shehem HaSitra Achra, who are the Sitra Israel, and to elevate the Jewish people. Because one of the major forces in defeating the Sitra which is the Madana, is by revealing those divine lights that are found in holy wealth. If, you, if you're following what we're learning here, you see this is an incredible explanation of the, the story of Purim based on chapter 25 on Likud Imran, based on the principles that Rabbi Nizal sets forth over there. Rabbi Nizal uses the Likud Imran as, as a set of glances to look through to be able to in, understand and interpret what's going on throughout the Torah. We should be zoichet that all the wealth, the great wealth that's in the, in the wrong hands should come into the right hands. Especially Rabbi Nizal should have all the wealth that he needs to support all of his people, all of his institutions. should be zoichet to see the, just like when the Jews left Egypt, it was Baruch Hush Godel. We should see ourselves coming out of this current exile 
with this Rechush Bada musician. Wishing everybody a wonderful day. Yeshua Sambesura Stavos musician.